are Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. Today is Friday, October 13th, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your daily routine, free and available on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Please smash that subscribe button so that you do not miss a thing. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case which provides you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. If you are on social media, you can find the podcast at Locked NHL Bruins, and you can find me, my dad jokes, hockey thoughts, at Ian C. McLaren. I hope you've all had a great week. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. And uh, let's get into today's episode, shall we? Where the Bruins last night announced the all-centennial team, which is comprised of the most legendary players in franchise history, as voted upon by an independent committee of journalists, media members, historians, members of the hockey community. Now, this 20-player roster was selected from the historic 100 list that was revealed a little while back, featured 12 forwards, six defensemen, and two goaltenders. So it's a bit limiting in terms of the positional availability, but uh, they were able to put together this 20-man roster. And again, I was not a part of this, but I think I would have voted similarly with perhaps a couple differences, and we'll talk about what those differences are a bit later on. Who did make it? Well, a bunch of the people that you would fully expect to be on there. Patrice Bergeron, 1,294 career games, over 1,000 points, member of the 2011 Stanley Cup team. He was captain, six-time Selkie Trophy winner. No argument for Patrice Bergeron. Johnny Busick was also on the list, as was Wayne Cashman. Bill Cowley, who not a guy that I was super familiar with before this process, but I talked about him when I uh, discussed the 100 list, a guy who really does stand out as uh, worthy. He was a two-time Stanley Cup champion, team captain, and Hart Trophy winner, Art Ross Trophy winner. When he retired in 1947, he was the NHL's all-time assist and points leader. Phil Esposito is on the list, uh, multiple Hart Trophy winner, Art Ross winner, multiple Stanley Cup champion, definitely worthy of being on there. David Krejci made the list. Perhaps a bit of a surprise, not really, considering he's a Stanley Cup champion. He led the league in playoff scoring in 2011 and 2013. Uh, no individual awards to his name, but still very much worthy of being on this list. Brad Marchand made the list, current captain, 
Stanley Cup champion, all-time leader in overtime goals and shorthanded goals for the Bruins. Uh, Rick Middleton, nifty, co-captain, led the Bruins in scoring four consecutive seasons. Uh, Cam Neely, my personal favorite player growing up, uh, led the team in goals for seven of his 10 seasons, including three 50-goal campaigns, Masterton Trophy. He did not win a Stanley Cup, but he uh, won as president in 2011. You had Terry O'Reilly on there. David Pasternak made the list. On a trajectory to becoming an all-time Bruins great, already on the all-centennial team. Uh, first Bruins since 1974-75 to lead the league in goals back in 2020. Uh, second Bruin in franchise history with a 60-plus goal season. Second in team history with 15 career hat-tricks already. The final forward was Milt Schmidt, uh, captain from 47 to 54, Hart Trophy winner, uh, Hall of Famer. Again, can't argue. He also uh, is the only person in team history to serve as a player, captain, coach, and GM. Pretty impressive. On defense, Ray Bork, all-time leading scorer among defensemen, multiple Norris Trophy winner, only missing that Stanley Cup on his resume with the Bruins. Zdeno Chara, former captain, captain the team to a Stanley Cup, won a Norris Trophy, Mark Messier Trophy. Uh, you have Dit Clapper on the list. Only Bruin to play on three championship Boston teams. That's pretty legendary. Bobby Orr, I mean, what can you say? Multiple Stanley Cup winner, Conn Smythe winner in both those years. Uh, one of the best players of all time. You also have Brad Park on the list. Uh, Hall of Famer. He, in eight years with the team, led all Bruins defensemen in goals, assists, and points. Yeah, okay. And then you have Eddie Shore, uh, captain from 35 to 36, only defenseman in league history to win the Hart Trophy four times. In net, you had Frank Brimzik, guy from the 30s, won the Calder Trophy, Vesna, and also won two Stanley Cups. Hard to argue. They also put Jerry Cheevers on the list. He won the Cup with the Bruins in 70 and 72. And this is one area where I kind of disagree uh, with the Bruins. And I'm going to discuss who I think should have been on the list uh, coming up after the break. But, you know, over 100 years, it's very difficult to narrow it down to 20 players. Uh, and a hearty congratulations to all these guys on the list. Some true legends in here. Although there were a couple of players that I wish were there. And uh, we'll touch on them here coming up after the break. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication on hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy, medication delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. 
So do not get caught unprepared. Get 20% off life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code locked on at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Use promo code locked on to get $20 off life-saving antibiotics today. Thank you once again for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your daily routine. The podcast is free and available on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. All right. Now, in talking about Bruins players who were not named to the All Centennial team, I mean, there's one guy that pops out uh, for sure to me. There was a couple players who had their numbers retired who didn't make it. Um, on my personal list, again, I didn't have a say in this, but I had uh, Lionel Hitchman, who's number three, has been retired by the Bruins on my list over Brad Park, partnered with Eddie Shore, played a huge role in... Uh, a very defensive role on some of the best Bruins teams in history came second in her trophy voting served as the captain of the Stanley cup champion Bruins in 1929. Another guy whose number is retired. Who's not in the all time centennial team is Willie O'Ree. Now you can argue that he played minimal games for the Boston Bruins, therefore not necessarily a franchise legend, but there's a couple pieces to his story that are legendary to me. First, of course, he was the inaugural black player in the NHL, and he also made the NHL playing with only one eye. I can't stress enough how crazy that is. And I just want to share uh, an excerpt from his book, the foreword that was written by another former Bruin in Jerome McGinley. And Iggy wrote, how good was Willie O'Ree? Well, for one thing, he played when there were only six teams in the league. That tells you that he was one of the best 132 players in the world at that moment. Today, a spot on an NHL roster means you're one of the best 700 or so. Willie was good. But there's more. As you may already know, Willie played with only one eye. I couldn't believe that when I heard it. And he suffered the injury before he made the NHL. He could have easily called it a career after a severe injury like that. I can't imagine playing the game without peripheral vision and without depth perception. To break into the best league in the world, to put up the kind of numbers Willie did over the course of his pro career, while working against that kind of disadvantage is nothing short of astonishing. Hockey can get a little dirty at times. If a hockey player thinks he can get away with something, he'll try. If he thinks he can intimidate you, he will. And it works. Some guys don't want to fight through that every shift. And when you watch highlights of old games, you see that guys got away with a little more back then. It's not even being a hockey player. Not easy being a hockey player. It was even harder back when Willie played. But Willie wasn't just a hockey player. He was a black hockey player. He was the only black hockey player, the first. He knew that every eye was on him every shift. 
I can only imagine the target a black rookie would have had on his back in 1958. He knew that every pest and every tough guy and every loudmouth fan thought they could get under his skin. And I'm sure they tried. He would be navigating the ice with his one good eye, not knowing where the attack might come from, but knowing that in some ways he was all alone because he was the first. And Willie just put on that smile and went out there and showed them how it's done. He finished by saying, There is one blessing every black hockey player has had since 1958 that Willie did not. We all had footsteps to follow in. Willie never did. Willie O'Ree is the only one who made it without anyone showing him the way. I know what a trailblazer like Willie means to those kids because I was that kid. Jerome McGinley writing again. And now I know that when someone asks, why do you play hockey? Willie O'Ree has answered the question already. Again, first black player playing with one eye. I don't know how it gets any more legendary than that. No disrespect to anybody on the list. I'm not advocating for anybody's removal per se, but not having Willie O'Ree there uh, is tough. And I really wish he had made the list. Now, when we're talking about Inette and legendary, it doesn't get more much more legendary than Tim Thomas. This guy was drafted in the ninth round, 217th overall in 1994. He didn't make his NHL debut until 2002. And in his career with the Bruins, it lasted only 378 games over eight years. But he won the Vesna Trophy twice. He won a Jennings Trophy. He was a two-time All-Star, a Stanley Cup winner, and he won the 2011 Conn Smythe Trophy. From relative obscurity to the highest of heights at the NHL level, 933 save percentage in 2008-2009, a 9.38 save percentage in 2010-11, and in the playoffs, a 9.40 save percentage through 25 games against uh, the Canadians, the Flyers, the Penguins, and the, no, was it the Penguins? Did they play it? The Lightning, sorry. Uh, that was a couple years later. And the Vancouver Canucks, who were the President's Trophy winners at that time. Legendary, I dare say. Now, you can make an argument for, for Tuka Rask to be on there as well. He leads the Bruins in many goaltending categories. Uh, he has the most wins in franchise history. He had an unbelievable uh, career save percentage. Uh, let's just look at the goaltending here. He leads the Bruins in games played for a goalie. Wins, shots against, saves. Uh, no longer the highest save percentage in franchise history. Linus Olmark has that at 929 at the moment. Tim Thomas, Tugarask, both at 921. Jeremy Swayman just behind at 920. But still, right up there. And 
he had amazing playoff stats as well. Of course, he did not win a Stanley Cup as the starter, uh, but he was still a member of the team back in 2011. And he had a 925 career playoff save percentage, including 940 as well in 2013, where uh, he would have been a front runner for the Conn Smythe, along with David Krejci, if they had won 934 in the 2019 run. So you can't fault him for those losses. If he had won, certainly he would be on this list, but didn't win as a starter, but certainly deserves some consideration. So Tim Thomas, Tuka Rask, you could argue. Lionel Hitchman, I'd perhaps put on there. But certainly Willie O'Ree, I think, deserved to be on the all-centennial team. Let me know what you think. Hit me up on social media at ENC McLaren, at Locked NHL Bruins, or drop a comment on YouTube, and uh, we can continue the discussion there. Coming up after the break, we're going to preview tomorrow night's game between the Bruins and the Nashville Predators. The NHL has never been more exciting than it is now, with studs like Connor McDavid, Jack Hughes, David Posternock, and more. And with the Sleeper app, you can pick more or less stats for these stars on goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more. And you can receive up to a 100 times payout on Sleeper. You heard me, Bruins fans. That's a 100-time payout on Sleeper. So start paying attention and get your picks right, and you could win big. Sleeper is a daily fantasy app, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network, and it's my go-to for daily fantasy sports, including especially daily fantasy hockey. Right now, you can use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply, but just download the Sleeper app, use promo code LOCKEDONNHL, and get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. After a couple nights off, the Bruins will be back in action Saturday, hosting the Nashville Predators. It's a a very odd start for the Bruins this season, as they have multiple Western Conference opponents on the schedule and a California road trip next week. So the season continues tomorrow against Nashville. The Predators 1-1 so far this season. Uh, They have, uh, let's see here. Uh, They lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning on opening night. Then they shut out the Seattle Kraken uh, last night by a score of 3-0. They are led in scoring so far by uh, several players, actually, who uh, have shared the team lead with two points. That includes uh, Ryan McDonough, Gustav Nyquist, newcomer Ryan O'Reilly, Philip Forsberg, and Yuso Parsonin. They are, of course, coached now by Andrew Brunette, and like he did in Florida, preaching a bit more of an up-tempo uh, contest. So it could be a more of a challenge than we saw overall from Chicago. Nashville, not great, but certainly better than the Blackhawks overall. And we'll see if UC Saros, who 
Shut out the Kraken last night. We'll get the start. He has started both games so far for the Predators. They could go to backup Kevin Lankinen to give him a break, or they just keep riding the hot hand. Uh, be interesting to see if the Bruins go to Swayman or if they uh, keep going with Linus Allmark after his pretty strong game, minus the Connor Bedard goal in the season opener. Could see them going back and forth just to get Swayman some game action, seeing as they don't play again until uh, when's their next game. It won't be until Thursday, which kind of sucks. They'll be playing at San Jose 10.30 on Thursday night, then a 10.30 game on Saturday against the Kings, 8.30 p.m. game next Sunday, which is a bit more uh, manageable. But when it comes to the Predators, you know, expectation is they could challenge for a playoff spot in the Western Conference. Tough central division. Right now, they have two points through two games, level with Colorado, Minnesota, Dallas, and Chicago, who have all uh, amassed two points as well. Jeremy Lozon, an old face to keep an eye on. Although he may be injured at the moment, he was listed as day-to-day according to the ESPN app. Um, David Pasternak leading the way for the Bruins so far with the two goals. I'm excited about this one. It should be a pretty entertaining game. The Predators, I mean, I have a couple of Predators on my keeper fantasy team and Roman Yossi and Philip Forsberg. Not saying I'd like the Bruins to win while those guys put up some points, but I'm not, not saying that either, if you know what I mean. Bruins, Predators, Saturday night, 7 p.m., get excited. Again, the Bruins don't play an Eastern Conference opponent until Saturday, October 28th. They go Nashville, then at San Jose, at LA, at Anaheim, at Chicago, back home to take on Anaheim, and then they play Detroit finally on the 28th. The Panthers on the 30th to round out the month of October. So a very strange start to the schedule for the Bruins. Uh, Don't mind getting this first west coast road trip out of the way early uh but uh that's the lay of the land a pretty winnable game coming up against the the predators it should be a tougher contest than it was the other night um bruins of course had a stellar home record last season 35 5 and 5 and uh, they'll look to keep that home success going after the opener win against the Chicago Blackhawks the other night. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's batch of episodes. Really do appreciate the ongoing support. I hope you have all had a great week. You know, some heaviness in the world this week. Hopefully the return of the NHL and this podcast have been able to provide a uh, decent distraction. And we'll talk to you again Monday as we recap the game against the Predators and look ahead to uh, the week to come, bring you all the latest on the black and gold on the locked on Boston Bruins podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your favorite team every single day.